we repeatedly do. Most of us have habits, and most of us have bad habits. I told you the first week I have a bad habit of biting my fingernails. Um, and uh, the other day we were going down the road, and, and, and I was doing that, and, and my daughter, nine years old, looked at me and said, Dad, don't bite your fingernails. And she reminded me of my bad habit. And, um, uh, but, but most of us, I've tried my whole life to change that habit. And many of you have habits that you would love to change. And we begin to, to think about, and, and the reality is, is we form habits and then our habits form us. There are habits in our life that we have, whether they're good or whether they're bad, they, be, they become who we are. Uh, many of us, we just started uh, not too long ago, about three weeks ago, New Year's re- uh, resolutions. And as we begin a new year, we begin to, we hope that things are going to get better. I asked you last week, how many people hope that 2019 is better than 2018? And many of you raised your hands. But the, real, the, the reality is, is that the things that we hope are going to get better, hope is it's great. It's a great motivator. We hope that things will happen. We hope that things will be better this year or, or this month than they were last month or, or tomorrow than they are today. Uh, but the reality is, is it, it can be an excellent motivator, but it's not a strategy. Hope is not going to to change the future. We can hope all that we want to, but until we get a strategy, until we begin to form habits that can change us, things aren't going to get any better. And we we know that, that nothing worthwhile is easy. Nothing worthwhile just comes easy. It would be great if it was. It would be great if if, if I could go to bed uh, with, uh, you know, fat and wake up uh, in the next morning and have a six-pack. That would be awesome. I got an amen coming down the steps there. It's, but the reality is it doesn't happen that way. Nothing worthwhile is easy. But, but the good news is, is even though it may not be easy, it's doable. It's doable. There are habits in your life that, and ways that we want our life to change spiritually that aren't going to be easy, but it's doable. And the great thing is, is that it's easier if you have God on your side. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So here what we're being told is, is it says that God wants to bring the best out of you. He wants you to become mature. He, He wants that for you. He wants it in you. And the beginning of that verse tells us to fix our attention on God. Fix our attention on God. When we do that, God wants to change us from the inside out. Too often we, we want to do and believe that we have to change the outside and that we will see it on the outside before we see it on the inside. But in all actuality, God wants to change us from the inside out. He wants to work on the inside of you. And it begins with habits. This verse tells us, don't let the world drag you down. The world wants to drag you down. The world wants you to come down to their level, to their level of of immaturity. But God wants to develop well-formed maturity in you. And what I want out of my life and out of your life is us to become well-mature Christians, well-mature followers of Christ. 
This verse tells us God doesn't, it doesn't say that he points out everything that's bad in us. Don't you hate being around those kind of people? That even though no matter how good things could be going, they're always going to find the bad. They're always going to point out the bad. That's not what God is about. God wants to bring out the best in you. God wants to bring out the best in me. So the first week we talked about, habit number one was focusing on what I do first. And we begin talking about putting God first in everything that we do. The beginning of the year, we are in the middle of a 21-day fast. And we did that here as a church to say, God, the first part of this year, we are declaring that this year belongs to you. That there's nothing more important in my life than you. And then the second week, we started talking about, last week, we talked about controlling our thoughts. And how that so many times that we allow our thoughts to control us. And we get in a habit of having bad thoughts. Of thinking about the negative. But, but Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4 to think on the positive. To think on the things that are trustworthy. The things that are good report. And so we begin to look at that. This week, I want to talk about, for a few minutes, about choosing my relationships carefully. Choosing, choose my relationships carefully. You are the sum total of your relationship. It's often been said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. How many times have you told your, your, your children or you were told growing up that you are who you hang with? Those relationships that you begin to develop will also begin to form you. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 19 says, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. When you begin to form relationships, you have to be careful about the relationships that you are forming. And you have to, to be willing to do four things. Four things that, that you must be willing to do. Four verbs of things about our relationships. The first thing that you must be willing to do is to nurture my important relationships. Take time on the relationships in your life that are important. Feed and protect the relationships in your life that are important. Do everything that you can to make that relationship thrive. I've heard people talk about how that, that maybe the, the fire has went out in their marriage. And you begin to look at that and, and, and you compare that to like a fireplace, a real fireplace. Now, not this gas thing that you can just, but we're talking about, you know, you've got to go out and get the wood. Anybody still have a real fireplace in your house? One person. All right. I'm going to let him come in and preach about it because uh, I'm not sure how that works either. But I am told, we went on a retreat one time, and, and as long as we were taking firewood and going out and getting it, making sure it was dry, putting it in the fireplace, that fire would burn hot. But the moment that you quit giving attention to that fire, it would start to go out. And you would have to go and you'd have to get more firewood. You'd have to, to, to put newspaper in there. And, and, but you had to work at it. But if it went out, it wasn't the fireplace's fault. You can't look at a fireplace and say, well, that stupid fireplace just doesn't work. No, it's not working because you're not taking the time to put into that, that fire the attention that it needs. And the same thing is true about our relationships. The same thing is true. If our, the fire in our relationships or if our relationships start to, to, to dwindle out, it's not the relationship's fault. It's because we are not giving it the attention that it needs. We have to be willing to nurture the relationships 
that are important in our life. And if you would begin to do that, that fire could go completely out. But the good news is, is if you start to pay attention to it, it'll start to heat again. It will start to, to put out heat once again because of the fire, because you've taken time to nurture it. You see, your feelings will follow your choices. If you decide that I'm just done, then that fire is going to begin to go out. If you begin to, to completely ignore relationships, and, and I'm not just talking about uh, husband and wife relationships. I'm talking about any relationship that is important in your life. You have to take time to nurture it. Make good choices. That's what it takes. It takes hard work to make relationships work. Just because you have to work at it doesn't mean that it's bad. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. You see, there's times in our life in, in relationships that we're going to have to, to exhibit this last verse 8. We're going to have to, to love because it covers a multitude of sin. We look at the, the love that Christ has for us. And that love, it covered my sin. And there's going to be times in your life that, that you're in relationships or you have a relationship and people aren't going to act the way that you think they should act. But it is up to you to do everything in your power to nurture that relationship, to, to give it the attention that it needs. Secondly, Restore my broken relationships. Restore my broken relationships. Now, now, I'm not talking about relationships that need to end. There are, there are relationships in your, in your life that maybe have come to an end, but that's a good thing. Because that relationship was dragging you down. That relationship was, was causing you and keeping you from being what God had called you to be. So... I'm not talking about those, but I'm talking about the relationships in your life that need to be there. You need to restore them. Maybe it's with, with some of your family. Maybe it's with uh, some of your coworkers, or maybe with some, someone that you used to be really close to that helped draw you to God. But that relationship has, has fallen by the wayside. But can I tell you, that? and it's not going to be easy, but the pain of fixing a broken relationship is not as bad as the pain of not having that relationship at all. Because that relationship is important. Romans chapter 12 verse 17 and 18 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says this. Bear each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Restore some broken relationships. Relationships that need to be there. You may be sitting there right now and you could automatically think of somebody in your life that you used to be really close to, that used to be a person in your life that, that had influence on you and it was a positive influence. But over the course of time, things have happened. I'm telling you that what you must be willing to do is go back and restore those relationships. Thirdly, you need to sever some harmful relationships. Relationships that need that you need to let go because they just completely suck the life out of you. 
Do you have people in your life that, that when you leave them and you leave their presence, you're just exhausted? And you think, man. Now, I'm not talking about doing ministry. Because there will be times in your life that there are people who need you to be there. But I'm talking about the, the people in your life that you call your inner circle. The people that, that you do life together with. If you end up leaving those people and you feel a lot worse, then it may be time to take a step back. It may be time to, to, to um, allow, or, or if they don't draw you closer to God. Some of us get involved in relationships, and instead of us helping draw them to God, they start pulling us away from God. And when that happens, you have to be very aware that, hey, this relationship's not what I need because my goal is to be a follower of Christ. My goal is to become more like Him, and this relationship is keeping me from doing that. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And 1 Corinthians 15, says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You've heard it often said that people will say, Well, they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, the reality is, is that many times they chose to be in that place. And the Bible tells us that bad company, no matter how good of a character that you have, if you have bad company, it's going to corrupt your good character. And my question to you, are the people in your life, are they pulling you up or pulling you down? Fourthly, we need to initiate some meaningful relationships. Initiate some meaningful relationships. Sometimes we have to make conscious decisions to develop some relationships. As we talked about, having good relationships does not come automatic. It doesn't just happen. If you're trying to, to work on relationships in your life, you need to find some people. Over the last little bit, I, I, I've always been very guilty of, um, when, I, when I say I'm a, a loner, I'm not really a loner, but when it comes to ministry... I'm sort of a loner. And over the last few months, I thought, you know what? I, I wanted to initiate some, some relationships with other pastors in this area. People who are going through some of the thing, same things that I'm going through. And I began to initiate some relationships because I began to realize that I can't do this thing on my own. And I need those relationships in my life. I need, need those positive influences. And maybe in your life, there are some relationships that you need to initiate. You need to, to allow some people in your life. You need to find some people who will be there to hold you up, to help you when things get tough. You may have a neighbor that you've never spoken to. Maybe it's time to initiate a relationship. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, we can get in a habit of not getting together. And what happens is, is, is that that becomes a habit. And maybe you just start to, well, I'll just miss every now and then. Or I'll just, you know, go a whole week without having that and working on that relationship. And then that becomes a habit. And as I've told you over the last two weeks, if you look around you, the people around you love you. And we need each other. 
That's what the church is all about. Someone talked to me not too long ago and said, you know what? Over the last little bit, I've really understood how much it means to have church family. Because I've been going through a tough time, but every day I'm getting a call. Every day someone is checking on me. And that's what this is all about. It's not about judging, uh, coming through the snow uh, just to get here just so that we could say we were here. What it's about is it's about us doing life together to affect not only our lives, the lives of our family, and the lives of our community. You need those people. But when you begin to look and, and initiate those relationships, you say, well, how can I choose them? How can I make sure that they're good relationships? And very quickly this morning, I want to look at some ways, some things, some relationships that we need to develop. The first thing we need to do is develop my relationship with my church. And I put that my church for a reason because this is your church. It's not my church. It is our church. This church belongs to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says this. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. As we begin to, to in five weeks now, moving to a, a new facility, into a new community, can I tell you that we need you? We need you. I, I can't do it on my own. The leadership can't do it on their own. And and over the next little bit, what I'm asking you to do is to begin to develop your relationship. Realize that that this is your church. This is your church. And you have chosen to be here, and we want you to be a part. We want you to move from being an attender to being a member, to being an owner, to realize that that if if we're going to to be the voice in Ashland, Kentucky, that God has called us to be, we need you. And the only way that happens is you begin to develop your relationship with your church. You see, there's something different about people who have ownership. People who, who really understand. If you're just an attender, you walk by a piece of paper and you just keep walking out here in the lobby. But when you become an owner... When you realize this is your church and you begin to develop that relationship, you see that piece of paper and you pick it up and put it in the trash can. Why? Because this is your church. I want to do everything that I can to make sure that it's functioning and operating at everything that God wants it to be. And Maybe you're here this morning, you're just trying to figure out if you like us, that's okay. We'll give you a warming up period. If you're a guest, I'm going to ask you to go out here and, and uh, sweep the, um, the parking lot snow for us. But if you're here and you're part of this church, I'm asking you to start to develop a habit of making this your church. Need to go all in. That's what I'm asking because we can't do it without you. Secondly, develop my relationship with godly friends. Develop my relationship with godly friends. You need people in your life that are are doing their very best to walk with God. That's the people you need in your life. Godly friends will make you more godly. Godly friends will make you more godly. Because as you're walking and you're trying to, to, to do your best to follow Christ, 
It's a whole lot easier when you have somebody walking with you. It's just like I see on Facebook all the time, people, somebody looking for a workout partner. Why? Because they want that person there to help propel them forward, to help them keep going down the right path. And we need that. We need that. If your friends aren't pushing you to be more like Jesus, then you may need some new friends. Now, I'm not talking about just having a a club mentality, a, a country club mentality. And saying, well, only certain people can belong here. I can only hang out with, with certain people. Because we have to be part of this world. We have to be reaching out to people around us. But I'm talking about your close, intimate friends. The people that you are doing life together on a daily basis. They, if they are godly, they will push you toward being more godly. There's some of us that will get together. And, and when we get together, all we talk about is the church. We talk about things that, that we can do. Ways that we can continue to reach the community. Those are the friendships that you need. Things that are driving you and pointing you toward God. In Acts chapter 2 verse 44 it says, And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything together. Now that verse was talking a lot about material standpoint. But I also believe that they were very intimate with each other. They shared their hurts and their frustrations. And they began to to work toward a common goal. And that goal is, is to see people become followers of Christ. We need this church to be full of real relationships. And you may say, well, I've tried that before. I've tried to have relationships and I ended up getting hurt. And I would say, probably something I can't say from here. I would say, just get over it. Realize that, that just because you had a bad experience does not and should not keep you from developing more relationships because God created us as relational beings. God created us. And, and if you're here at any amount of time, there's probably some of you who have been here 12 years and you think, man, I've heard this preached so many times. I'm gonna keep preaching it till we all get it. Because we are, this church is formed with and the foundation of it is relationships. Thirdly, did you like that comment, that pause there? I want to see if everybody was still awake. Develop my relationship with a team. Develop my relationship with a team. What are you talking about? What I'm talking about is, is we have all kinds of things around here to be involved in. There's kids workers upstairs right now. They were scrambling around this morning to see if we were going to have enough people here to cover all the classes and how many kids were going to be here. There were people out here salting the, the parking lot and, and there were people, you know, welcoming people and, and getting the, the food ready and making sure that all the, the audio and video equipment was set up. There are all kinds of teams here and we would love to encourage you to be part of that team. Last week we had a, a growth track. And basically what that was designed for was so that you could go through, get to know who we are, and then begin to look at how you could become part of the team. Because we realize that, if, if, that this thing is much bigger than just me. And it's much bigger than just you. In order to do ministry, we have to realize that we, we need a team. That we can accomplish more. You will never do anything significant by yourself. 
And when we get to the understanding of knowing that it's not just about me, it's not about just me and, and what I can get or what I can do, but it's about the team around me. It's about making sure that, that you have that team of people, that, that you are working toward a common goal. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse eight and nine says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I tooling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, is, this too is meaningless, a miserable business. Verse nine says, but two are better than one. Go back one there. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Two is better than one. As we've been doing this um, renovation, uh, in the very beginning, there, were, there was only, uh, at that point during the day, there was only two people. And they were, doing, they were getting work done, but then we would have a work night and people would come in. And things would get done a lot faster. And then over the last little bit, we've had more contractors in and, and, and more people have been coming to, to work. And I can tell you that things are going better. They're going faster. Dayton isn't as tired when he comes. Well, he is. But he has people there helping him. Two is better than one. A team of people. And just not in that situation. But anything that you do, you realize that you can't do it by yourself. You need to develop your relationship with a team and let those people be the people that you begin doing life with. Because God has called us to reach this community. And 12 years ago, we planted this church with the feeling and the notion that God wanted to do something. We had no idea where we were going or, or where, where it was going to take us or what it would even look like. But we just knew that God had called us to the city of Ashland to make a difference. And over the last 12 years, we've begun to watch God use us to do that. And I can tell you and stand here and tell you that our best days are not behind us. What God wants to do in this church and in the lives of you and the people around us, the best is yet to come. And that's not just a catchy saying. And that's just not me trying to, to, to uh, puff you up and think, yeah, let's go get it. I'm saying that, that I believe with everything that is in me that the best is yet to come. And when we start serving and we begin to see, when you, if you work on a team and you begin, begin to see wins, you ever seen a team? Uh, I'm a, a West Virginia basketball fan and, and we had lost five games in a row. Worst start we've ever had. And everybody was down, and, and the team was down. And, and then they came up yesterday some way, somehow, and they beat Kansas. And I know you Kentucky fans love that because you hate Kansas. But everybody run on the court, and now everybody's talking about, yeah, you can do this. And, well, why? Because when you begin to experience wins, then life becomes fun again. And you may be here this morning, you may think, man, I'm just dragging through life. And, and let me encourage you, get on a team. Experience some wins. Experience making difference in people's lives. And when you do that, life will become more fun. 
Lastly, develop my relationship with God. Develop my relationship with God. As I was preparing for this message, I really believe that there are people here this morning, that there were going to be people here this morning. You're saved, you love Jesus, but you know there's more. You know there's more. Too many times we get in a situation where we think just because we come to church, which I'm glad you do. I'm glad that for, for those of you here this morning, I'm glad that you made it out. We, if I would come and preach to myself, that wouldn't be uh, much fun if I didn't get to see your beautiful faces, your pretty hair, your shiny heads. But there's so much more than just what we're doing here right now. There's so much more than just an hour and a half on Sunday. God says, I want all your heart. I want you to, to work on your relationship with me. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And there are some of you here this morning that you think, I can't find God. Or God seems so distant from me right now. I'm doing all the rituals, all the things that it's always been said that I need to do. I'm coming to church. I'm giving my money. But I still feel so distant, so disconnected. But this verse is if you look for me wholeheartedly, and that's my question to you. Are you really working on developing your relationship with a God who loves you and a God who cares? Are you putting everything into that relationship? Because just as we talked about developing relationships with the church and, and with other friends and, and with a team, people can tell if you're not really all in. People can tell if you're just doing your time. God's the same way. He says, if you give me everything, if you truly seek me, you'll find me. Many of us are, are just, and for, even for myself, growing up, my following Christ was just so that I could make sure that I didn't go to hell. That's what it was all about. But then as I begin to, to read for myself and, and look at, and that's great. It's not his will that any of us should perish, but that all of us should have eternal life. But there's so much more. There's so much more than just walking in here. There's so much more to life. And many times we're guilty talk to people who they've been dating for years but they've never been willing to fully commit to giving everything to that other person there's some of you that, that you've been coming here for years but you've never really committed you've never really took that next step and one of our core values is we believe that everyone has a next step no matter where you are on your journey, no matter what, where you consider yourself, 
you have a next step. And what I want to encourage you this morning in in your relationship with God, take that next step. Begin to read more. Begin to pray more. Begin to, to get out of your comfort zone a little bit more. Watch what God will do. All throughout the Bible, you will see as people begin to seek God, with everything that they had, their lives begin to change. And it it went from more of just existing to truly knowing your purpose as to why you were here. When you give God your whole heart, He will take you places that you can't imagine. He will do things in your life. I'm very encouraged and excited to see for those who have decided to to do some sort of fast the last three weeks. I'm excited to, to see the things and hear the things that God has done in your life during that period. And you may say, well, if you've had good things happening, you may say, well, that's just a coincidence. There's nothing a coincidence with God. I believe with everything that is in me that when we make a declaration, God, you are first in everything, that God sees that, that he honors that. We do not believe in luck. We believe that there is a God that hears our prayers, that hears our hearts cry and says, just give it to me. Put me first. Seek me first and allow me to give you everything else. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning and you say, Pastor JW, I've never had a relationship with Christ. So everything that you're talking about really doesn't make much sense to me because I've never taken that first step of saying, God, forgive me. God, I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. God, I thank you for your love that covers my sin. And if that's you, your next step would be taking a step to say, God, forgive me. Is there anyone here this morning that would just say, that's me. I've never really made a decision. Thank you. I've never made a decision. Can I tell you that God sees your heart right now? God knows. He sees your desire to be more like Him. And He said, all you have to do is just ask. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I may be somebody that just feel like I'm doing my time I'm here this morning because I would have felt guilty to keep laying in the bed I'd have felt guilty to say that the roads were too bad but then go to Walmart I'm here out of guilt or I'm here because I just know this is what I'm supposed to do but I've never really committed my entire life to him or you may say I'm trying Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes I, I think I'm doing great and then I, there's a snag in the, in the road and I get thrown backward. If you're here this morning and that's you, 
just slip up your hand and say, God, Pastor, I want to be, thank you. I want to be more like Christ. I want to commit more to Him in 2019 than I've ever done. Thank you. Thank you. This is a habit that if you will be willing to do, if you will be willing to say, I'm going to work on my relationships with my church. I'm going to initiate some relationships in my life that need to be there. I'm going to develop my relationship with God. Anyone else? I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I'm going to ask you to take the hand of the person beside you. And the reason we do this is because, as we said, we understand that we cannot do life alone. We need each other. We need each other. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe for that person that you've joined hands with. That God is going to do something extraordinary in their life in 2019. And it's going to start with developing relationships that need to be there. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe. Because God said that when we pray, He hears our cry. He knows our heart's desire. And it is my desire. It is my desire. And I pray that it's your desire as well to have a better 2019 than any year before in your life. And through God, it's possible. So right now, just begin to pray. You don't need me to to pray for you or with you. Just begin to pray.